Mental Health Family, we are back with a very special episode. It is Yoga Awareness Month or Yoga Month, and we have the one and only Margot Harris with us, the author of Cookie Doga, does yoga with children all over Long Island, excuse me, New York State, and is spreading. She's very passionate about what she does, and once I found out it was Yoga Month, I had to bring her back on the show to catch up with everyone. If you've seen my YouTube show, Writing with Authors, you will recognize her from there. She's done a solo episode here. She's done the podcast, a podcast episode on that entrepreneur show. So you recognize her, but now this is all things yoga. Whether you're new to yoga or experienced in yoga, there's a lot of value headed your way. So welcome back to a mental health break. My name is Vincent A. Lancy. And as I said, we have Margo with us. Margo, thank you for coming back. It is my pleasure. I, I'm so grateful to be here again with you. It's always uh, fun and I love connecting with your folks. Yes. Well, I'm sure you've mentioned yoga throughout each episode just a little bit, but today we're going to dive right into it. But I want to start out right away with what got you into yoga? What led you into the yoga world? Ooh, it's such a loaded question. Even though I've answered it like 40,000 times, it just, it always feels really exciting to me to be able to talk about this story because it changed my life. Fully. Um, when I was 18 years old, I was in the middle of a final exam in my first year of college and I had a full blown panic attack and I didn't have the language for that at the time. I just knew that I was suddenly incapacitated. I was unable to continue this exam. Uh, my body became extremely hot. I had, you know, just a racing heart. I was shallow in my breathing. I just, I was in complete freeze mode and like gripping white knuckling the desk. And um, it felt like an hour went by, but it was probably like a minute or two. And the guy sitting next to me who I'd never spoken to once in our entire you know semester of class together, whispers, looks over and says, hey, are you okay? <laughs> and I'm like, I couldn't even respond to this, to this guy. I was just like, looked at him, which I guess in, in that he saw like, okay, no, this person's not okay. Um, he's like, okay, I think you're having a panic attack. And again, this was the first time I'd ever heard this word. This is back at, you know, it was my freshman year of college. It was like 2001. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I'm like, okay. And I'm just listening to him with just like barely any registering of what he's saying. Right. I'm just so intensely focused on the fact that I can't move. And so he's like, all I want you to do is drop your pencil. And so I kind of felt powerless in that second. I was just like, well, what the hell do I have to lose here? So I just dropped my pencil and I slowly took directions from this complete stranger. He like invited me to pause. He told me to see if I could feel my breathing. He said, you know what, put your, can you put your hand on your chest? Meanwhile, he stopped his final exam to like attend to me, this total stranger next to him. And so all said and done, this sounds very dramatic. And trust me, to me, it was. To him, probably not so much. And nobody else around probably knew anything was going on. Maybe all said and done, this was like a five minute pause, right? So I thanked him quickly and got back to my test. And afterward, I went up to him, which and I had a lot of social anxiety. And so the fact that like I went up to the stranger after this test was over before he left the room and was like, I've got to talk to this guy. I cannot let him leave without at least thanking him. And so I was like, hey, man, like, thank you so much for whatever the hell it is you did back there. I have no idea what came over me. You know, I just suddenly felt like I couldn't move. And he was like, oh, yeah, he was very chill about it. He was like, yeah, yeah, I've been there. You know, I said, what, how did you know what to tell me what to do? He was like, oh, I take yoga. 
I'm like, oh, okay, cool. Where do you take? Is there like a studio I should be going? He's like, actually, my first class was here at college. I was like, oh, okay. You know, I needed PE credits too. I was like, cool. Like, I have got to look into this. Um, and so basically, I signed up for yoga the next semester. I went with a friend and. At Tampa Counseling and Wellness, we want to remind you that it's okay to not be okay. Reaching out for support and asking for a little extra help can be overwhelming, but everyone deserves a safe space to heal. We're so honored to be that space for Florida residents. If you want to learn more about our services or you'd like to set up a free consultation with one of our clinicians, you can call or text us at 813-520-2807. We're looking forward to growing with you. While the, my practice has changed and ebbed and flowed and, and become certainly a lot stronger over the past decade of my life, that was my first introduction to the practice. And it was just like, I mean, it, it was fully transformative, not just because I learned like, okay, I'm going to be able to continue to be active in my physical body, but now I'm also tackling my mental health, which, you know, in my physical activities growing up was never really a factor. So like, you know, I grew up as a dancer and so dance is about performance, right? And even if you're doing it for yourself, it's about pretty lines and making things look good and don't forget to smile, right? And don't forget to put the, put the feeling on your face. And I was really good at that and I felt awesome and powerful. But then when I left, uh, when I left high school, it was like, well, there really wasn't opportunities for me to dance, at least not right away. Um, and so it was like, I was looking, I didn't realize how badly I was seeking something active to do with my physical body too. And this practice was so much deeper than just movement. It was about, you know, um, I've heard it said many times, I don't know who originally said it and I don't want to misquote, but it's like, it's a work in not a workout or, and I like to say it in my mind, it's not just a workout, but also a work in, right. Meaning that like, I'm I'm going within myself each time that I step on my yoga mat and, um, you know, what, as we continue to chat, I'll share more about what yoga for me is like off the mat. And so one of the things I like to teach all of my children and not, not my children, my students and kids, right. And all the, their parents and educators and everyone that has, or teaches children and loves children in their life, that yoga does not have to be a practice. That's only asana or movement-based. It can be something that's just tackled you know, when they're riding the subway to work or when they're driving in their car or on a walk with their dog, right? Like there are so many ways to incorporate yoga mindfulness into the everyday that doesn't have to do with a yoga mat. So I know that was a long-winded <laughs> opening, but. I like how you just ended that there though, where there's kind of different types of yoga. There's different ways to practice yoga. Maybe let's delve a little deeper into that for all the new non-experienced uh, yogis. Is that the word? Yeah. Okay. There we go. Yeah. yeah, that works. Yeah. I mean, there are, I mean, it, it's really hard for me to dive into all the different types of yoga, right? There's vinyasa, there's hatha right there. And each one of them off yin is one of my favorites. There's each one offers something different benefits. A lot right. of them have crossover benefits, certainly things like deep breathing, you know, introspection, um, certainly movement and things like that. But it varies from practice to practice. And so what I would suggest to anyone that's interested in yoga is to 
do some research, right? Figure out what types of yoga sounds like it's um, best in line with what their mental and physical needs are presently. Like for example, in my early twenties, I was really into say Ashtanga Vinyasa, which is kind of like hardcore a little bit, right? It's, it's like, um, you're kind of moving with each inhalation and exhalation. It's like onto the next, onto the next, right? Whereas with yin yoga, for example, you might be holding a position or a posture for five to seven minutes without moving. And then after those five, and that's pretty intense too. Right. And so like now I'm 40, I don't enjoy saying that, but you know, now it's many years later and my body's kind of craving a mix of both things. It's like, I'm not so interested, at least not all the time in like hardcore, fast paced movements, especially since I'm trying to balance yoga with other types of physical, um, movements and explorations, things like hit and cardio and lifting and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, my body's also craving slowing down, being more intentional with holding a stretch for longer. I notice that, you know, my shoulders and my neck are tighter than they've ever been in my whole life. And it's because I am doing more desk work than I used to, um, as a former classroom teacher. And now I teach yoga and mindfulness to kids, but when I'm not actively teaching, I'm doing backend admin work here at this computer desk, right? I'm doing emails and invoicing and content creation and all those things happen to be at a computer and at a desk. And so I'm like, whoo, you know, I'm noticing my neck and shoulders more than I ever used to. And so it's like, what can I do? What kind of yoga is going to serve my physical body in this form, right? As opposed to like Margot 20 years ago. Yeah. The desk fatigue is different than being up and about. I get it. Um, now is, so much computer work and you're an author as well and like the wrist area all gets sore if i'm not like leaning on the the table as i'm typing if i'm off to the side but the price we pay to do what we love putting the content put in the work you have to check out margo's episode on all the other platforms i'll have them in the description she dives much more into her business she's mentioned some different types of yogas some suggestions to you new yogis what's led her to yoga I would now like to just touch more on your practice. You just mentioned yoga and mindfulness to kids. Let's shed some light on the great work you do. Yeah. So, I mean, basically, you know, it all stems from what I feel like I didn't have as a child myself and what would I want if I had a child, right? What do I want all of my um, educator friends and my uh, friends and uh, family members that are parents to be able to offer the next generations of, of people in this world. Right. And I want them to have the life skills that I wasn't taught in schools at a young age, things like social, emotional learning, self-regulation, just awareness of feelings and that feelings aren't inherently bad. Feelings are meant for feeling right. And that we can, um, approach them from a sense or through a lens of curiosity. Um, I, I, I just noticed that in my classroom teaching days, while, you know, I, and I was an early childhood teacher. And so there was a little bit more emphasis on SEL, uh, you know, in that part, but I feel like as kids get older, and certainly there isn't a lot of depth to it, unfortunately. And as kids get older, there was less and less talk about, you know, mental health, about social, emotional awareness, less about, you know, um, less emphasis on giving kids space to move, right. And teaching them ways to, notice things that are going on in their body. I mean, just a perfect example. And believe me, I've been guilty of this and it's still an active practice for me. It's like when a kid says they need to go to the bathroom and then you're like, no, it's not time for that. (laughs) And it's like, I'm trying to remember what it was like for me as a kid. And it's like, I, if a teacher told me, 
no, it's not time for you to go to the bathroom. And my body's telling me, but I need to go to the bathroom. It's like, what kinds of messages are we giving kids from a young age not to listen to their body, that their needs don't matter. Right. And I know that's not what teachers are intentionally trying to do. And I know from my perspective, I was never trying to be like that, but you know, in my head, it was like, I have all these milestones to hit. I have to make sure that you're learning. I have to make sure that our day is jam packed with all the things that I need to get done. Right. There's so many standards and regulations and things to focus on. And so it's like, no, 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 there's no time for a bathroom. <laughs> and it's like, whoo, well, wow. I was really not sending a great message there. Um, so basically the reason why I teach yoga and mindfulness skills to kids is because that's what I wish that I had had from a younger age. And as someone that had, um, grown up as extremely anxious, but didn't have the language for it, didn't have the understanding that after I got to yoga, after that panic attack, I, I was able to find a figure out wow, I've been dealing with this for my whole life and I'm only just realizing it now. And so what would happen? What would shift if we were able to give the kids in our lives and or the kids in the world, I should say, um, the gift of being able to learn some of these skills earlier in life so they can implement them as they grow? I mean, I'm sure you can agree. When I had health class in elementary school, um, there was no, I mean, I'm not going to say for certain 100% zero talk, but to remembrance, because it was a while ago, I don't remember ever being discussed this, even like sex education was brushed over. It was just all physical health, physical health, physical health. And I'm sure we've spoke about this too on one of our episodes. If you break your hand, you take a break, you get, you recover. Right. You're going through something. If you take some time to heal it, it, it can be, it can be fixed or it can be managed. I mean, for me as well, anxiety is something where it is going to exist. I just have found ways to coexist and manage my anxiety and you hit it perfectly before with the different types of yoga, what works for some doesn't work for everyone. I do encourage everyone to do some more research. She's offered so much today, but before we sign off, Margo, I want to give you the chance to give us one piece of yoga advice, something yoga related, maybe some motivation, some way to improve our yoga, anything yeah. from the one and only Margo. Let's see. I want to think of the most basic thing. I feel like, what I would love for all of your listeners to take away from this is just to know that yoga doesn't mean just one thing and that you do not need to have any prior experience or flexibility in order to approach the practice. Um, I think what, what keeps people from trying is that is the assumption it's the way that the world, but certainly the Western world whitewashes and, um, depicts yoga in a very, harmful way sometimes, right? It's like, what, what do we see when we look at say Instagram or, you know, even books like yoga journal, we see lots of, you know, toned, thin white women practicing yoga. And so that's all great, but it's also super problematic. And so I think that a lot of people don't see themselves as uh, being able to approach the practice because they don't see themselves in the practice in, in our media. And so I think that, um, do, you know, look stuff up, find books, find community on Instagram. I find, I found a wonderful community, certainly in the kids yoga world on Instagram, but just in, in the diversity of yoga on Instagram, um, or whatever social platforms that you're into TikTok, Facebook, whatever, and, um, start, start now, right. Just like your yoga can just be one really intentional inhale and exhale, right. It could just be a pause before you react to something or someone in a moment. It does not have to be like, okay, I better carve out 60 minutes at 5am for a full, you know, body practice. 
And if it's that great, it does not have to be that you can start right now where you are with a single breath and, um, and just know that what, how, however you approach the practice, there really isn't a lot of wrong ways to do it. The only wrong way to do it is if it doesn't feel good. And so if you're trying something and it doesn't feel good, stop, right? You are in charge and go ahead and find the type of practice that suits you in this moment of your life. So wonderful mindset you just shared to be open and just be yourself. I think that's so important where if you put in some time to do the research, you'll find something that works for you. And I think that you shouldn't be influenced by, like you just said, the perception of yoga. It can be for anyone. You'll never know until you try. I think you've given a lot of great advice. You've talked about so much here, Margaret. Thanks again for coming back on. But we have to have some time to share your social media, your website, your book, everything to inform our listeners on what you're up to. Yeah. So again, my name is Margo Harris and uh, you can find me on Instagram. I spend most of my time on at least on social media over there. I'm at uh, comcookie underscore kids yoga. You can visit my website, comcookie.org and um, learn more about me, my work. I love teaching virtually. Uh, I love doing interactive read alouds and author visits with my children's book. Um, I teach yoga and mindfulness classes to schools. Uh, if you're in the New York, Long Island area or in any of the boroughs, you can reach out via my website or social media and we can connect on doing something in person or even virtually um, with your school or organization and uh, or just you and your family, your kids. And um, I'll just pop up my book here. My yeah. ring light won't mess it up. It's called Cookie Doga, a book about yoga, mindfulness and cookies written by myself and illustrated by Stephanie Geyer. And it is, it was my pandemic baby, you know, passion project from 2020 that I'm just, it's been mind blowing, you know, what it feels like to put a book and books out in the world. And, um, I'm actively working on book two right now, there we go. not ready to drop too many details about that, but, um, uh, it's, I'm back in the game. I feel, it feels good to be back at the writing, at the writing process. And, uh, I'm excited to see what's next from you. And I just want to thank you too, for being a guest on, um, our podcast, myself and my friend and yeah, colleague, Abigail Wilber. We uh, host the Anxiety Warriors podcast, and um, we were so grateful that you, we, we have name dropped you at least 17 more times since our episode came out. Just typically when we're talking to guests or just to each other about organizational skills and like in our businesses, and you've inspired us so much, Vincent, I just want you to know that um, with like getting up earlier and finding the motivation earlier in the morning and, and being more into those morning rituals. So I want to shout you out for that. <laughs> oh, thank you for the kind words. Yeah. And that's another example of what works for some doesn't work for me. For me, my prime hours are the first half of the day. I leverage that. I've never been a night person, even going back to kids sleepovers in elementary school. I'm always the first one to sleep. Um, I've always been a morning person and I'm glad it's working for you. You know, I can even show you my my whiteboard real quick. Everything's <laughs> planned out um, day by day, hour by hour. Um, but that's another show's conversation. I'm at Vincent A. Lancey on all social media. Be sure to check out the YouTube channel where you will find video clips from this episode on there for today's show. Add a mental health break on all social media as well. Be sure to reach out if you want to join the community of mental health advocates. We would love to hear your story podcast by lancy at gmail.com and with that i want to thank everyone for tuning in and you margo again for joining the show we will see you next week on a mental health break 